Section three of A Color Notation by Albert Henry Munsell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Avai in March two thousand seventeen. Chapter two Color Qualities. The three color qualities are hue, value, and chroma. Hue is the name of a color hue is the quality by which we distinguish one color from another as a red from a yellow a green a blue or a purple this names the hue but does not tell whether it is light or dark weak or strong leaving us in doubt as to its value and its chroma science attributes this quality to difference in the length of ether waves impinging on the retina which causes the sensation of color the wavelength m five two six nine gives a sensation of green while m six eight six seven gives a sensation of red value is the light of a color value is the quality by which we distinguish a light color from a dark one color values are loosely called tints and shades but the terms are frequently misapplied a tint should be a light value and a shade should be darker but the word shade has become a general term for any sort of color so that a shade of yellow may prove to be lighter than a tint of blue a photometric scale of value places all colors in relation to the extremes of white and black but cannot describe their hue or their chroma science describes this quality as due to difference in the height or amplitude of ether waves impinging on the retina small amplitudes of the wavelengths given in paragraph twenty one produce the sensation of dark green and dark red larger amplitudes give the sensation of lighter green and lighter red chroma is the strength of a color Chroma is the quality by which we distinguish a strong color from a weak one. To say that a rug is strong in color gives no hint of its hues or values, only its chromas. Loss of chroma is loosely called fading, but this word is frequently used to include changes of value and hue. Take two autumn leaves, identical in color, and expose one to the weather, while the other is waxed and pressed in a book soon the exposed leaf fades into a neutral grey while the protected one preserves its strong chroma almost intact if in fading the leaf does not change its hue or its value there is only a loss of chroma but the fading process is more likely to induce some change of the other two qualities fading however cannot define these changes science describes chroma as the purity of one wavelength separated from all others other wavelengths intermingling make its chroma less pure a beam of daylight can combine all wavelengths in such a balance as to give the sensation of whiteness because no single wave is in excess the color sphere see figure one is a convenient model to illustrate these three qualities hue value and chroma and unite them by measured scales the north pole of the color sphere is white and the south pole black value or luminosity of colors ranges between these two extremes 
This is the vertical scale to be memorized as V, the initial for both value and vertical. Vertical movement through color may thus be thought of as a change of value, but not as a change of hue or of chroma. Hues of color are spread around the equator of the sphere. This is a horizontal scale, memorized as H, the initial for both hue and horizontal. Horizontal movement around the color solid is thus thought of as a change of hue, but not of value or of chroma. A line inward from the strong surface hues to the neutral gray axis traces the graying of each color, which is loss of chroma, and conversely a line beginning with neutral gray at the vertical axis, and becoming more and more colored until it passes outside the sphere, is a scale of chroma, which is memorized as C, the initial both for chroma and center. Thus the sphere lends its three dimensions to color description, and a color applied anywhere within, without, or on its surface is located and named by its degree of hue, of value, and of chroma. Hues first appeal to the child, values next, and chromas last. Color education begins with ability to recognize and name certain hues, such as red, yellow, green, blue, and purple. See paragraphs 182 and 183. Nature presents these hues in union with such varieties of value and chroma that, unless there be some standard of comparison, it is impossible for one person to describe them intelligently to another. The solar spectrum forms a basis for scientific color analysis taught in technical schools, but it is quite beyond the comprehension of a child. He needs something more tangible and constantly in view to train his color notions. He needs to handle colors, place them side by side for comparison, imitate them with crayons, paints and colored stuffs, so as to test the growth of perception, and learn by simple yet accurate terms to describe each by its hue, its value and its chroma. Pigments, rather than the solar spectrum, are the practical agents of color work. Certain of them, selected and measured by this system, see chapter 5, will be known as middle colors, because they stand midway in the scales of value and chroma. These middle colors are preserved in imperishable enamels, so that the child may handle and fix them in his memory, and thus gain a permanent basis for comparing all degrees of color. He learns to grade each middle color to its extremes of value and chroma. Experiments with crayons and paints, and efforts to match middle colors, train his color sense to finer perceptions. Having learned to name colors, he compares them with the enamels of middle value, and can describe how light or dark they are. Later he perceives their differences of strength, and, comparing them with the enamels of middle chroma, can describe how weak or strong they are. Thus, the full significance of these middle colors as a practical basis for all color estimates becomes apparent, and, when at a more advanced stage he studies the best examples of decorative color, he will again encounter them in the most beautiful products of Oriental art. Is it possible to define the endless varieties of color? 
at first glance it would seem almost hopeless to attempt the naming of every kind and degree of colour but if all these varieties possess the same three qualities only in different degrees and if each quality can be measured by a scale then there is a clue to this labyrinth a colour sphere and colour tree to unite hue value and chroma this clue is found in the union of these three qualities by measured scales in a colour sphere and colour tree the equator of the sphere may be divided into ten parts and serve as the scale of hue marked r y r y g y g b g b p b p and r p its vertical axis may be divided into ten parts to serve as the scale of value numbered from black zero to white ten any perpendicular to the neutral axis is a scale of chroma on the plane of the equator this scale is numbered one two three four five from the centre to the surface this chroma scale may be raised or lowered to any level of value always remaining perpendicular to the axis and serving to measure the chroma of every hue at every level of value the fact that some colors exceed others to such an extent as to carry them out beyond the sphere is proved by measuring instruments but the fact is a new one to many persons figures two and three for this reason the color tree is a completer model than the sphere although the simplicity of the latter makes it best for a child's comprehension the color tree is made by taking the vertical axis of the sphere which carries a scale for value for the trunk the branches are at right angles to the trunk and as in the sphere they carry the scale of chroma colored balls on the branches tell their hue in order to show the maxima of color each branch is attached to the trunk or neutral axis at a level demanded by its value the yellow nearest white at the top then the green red blue and purple branches approaching black in the order of their lower values it will be remembered that the chroma of the sphere ceased with five at the equator the colored tree prolongs this through six seven eight and nine the branch ends carry colored balls representing the most powerful red yellow green blue and purple pigments which we now possess and could be lengthened should stronger chromas be discovered such models set up a permanent image of color relations every point is self-described by its place in the united scales of hue value and chroma these scales fix each new perception of color in the child's mind by its situation in the color solid the importance of such a definite image can hardly be overestimated for without it one color sensation tends to efface another when the child looks at a color and has no basis of comparison it soon leaves a vague memory that cannot be described these models on the contrary lead to an intelligent estimate of each color in terms of its hue its value and its chroma while the permanent enamels correct any personal bias by a definite standard thus defined a color falls into logical relation with all other colors in the system 
and is easily memorized so that its image may be recalled at any distance of time or place by the notation these solid models help to memorize and assemble colors and the memory is further strengthened by a simple notation which records each color so that it cannot be mistaken for any other by these written scales a child gains an instinctive estimate of relations so that when he is delighted with a new color combination its proportions are noted and understood musical art has long enjoyed the advantages of a definite scale and notation should not the art of coloring gain by similar definition the musical scale is not left to personal whim nor does it change from day to day and something as clear and stable would be an advantage in training the color sense perception of color is crude at first the child sees only the most obvious distinctions and prefers the strongest stimulation but perception soon becomes refined by exercise and when a child tries to imitate the subtle colors of nature with paints he begins to realize that the strongest colors are not the most beautiful rather the tempered ones which may be compared to the moderate sounds in music to describe these tempered colors he must estimate their hue value and chroma and be able to describe in what degree his copy departs from the natural color and with this gain in perception and imitation of natural color he finds a strong desire to invent combinations to please his fancy thus the study divides into three related attitudes which may be called recognition imitation and invention recognition of color is fundamental but it would be tedious to spend a year or two in formal and dry exercises to train recognition of color alone for each step in recognition of color is best tested by exercise in its imitation and arrangement when perception becomes keener emphasis can be placed on imitation of the colors found in art and in nature resting finally on the selection and grouping of colors for design every color can be recognized named matched imitated and written by its hue value and chroma the notation used in this system places hue expressed by an initial at the left value expressed by a number at the right and above a line and chroma also expressed by a number at the right below the line thus r five over nine means hue red value five over chroma nine and will be found to represent the qualities of the pigment vermilion hue value and chroma unite in every color sensation but the child cannot grasp them all at once hue difference appeals to him first and he gains a permanent idea of five principal hues from the enamels of middle colors learning to name match imitate and finally write them by their initials r red y yellow g green b blue and p purple intermediates formed by uniting successive pairs are also written by the joint initials y r yellow red g y green yellow b g blue green p b purple blue 
and rp red purple ten differences of hue are as many as a child can render at the outset yet in matching and imitating them he becomes aware of their light and dark quality and learns to separate it from hue as value difference middle colors as implied by that name stand midway between white and black that is on the equator of the sphere so that a middle red will be written r five over suggesting the steps six seven eight and nine which are above the equator while steps four three two and one are below it is well to show only three values of a color at first for instance the middle value contrasted with a light and a dark one these are written r three over r five over r seven over soon he perceives and can imitate finer differences and the red scale may be written entire as r one over r two over r three over r four over r five over r six over r seven over r eight over r nine over with black as nine and white as ten chroma difference is the third and most subtle color quality the child is already unconsciously familiar with the middle chroma of red having had the enamels of middle color always in view and the red enamel is to be contrasted with the strongest and weakest red chromas obtainable these he writes r over one r over five r over nine seeing that this describes the chromas of red but leaves out its values r five over one r five over five r five over nine is the complete statement showing that while both hue and value are unchanged the chroma passes from grayish red to middle red enamel first learned and out to the strongest red in the chroma scale obtained by vermilion it may be long before he can imitate the intervening steps of chroma many children find it difficult to express more than five steps of the chroma scale although easily making ten steps of value and from twenty to thirty-five steps of hue this interesting feature is of psychologic value and has been followed in the color tree and color sphere does such a scientific scheme leave any outlet for feeling and personal expression of beauty lest this exact attitude in color study should seem inartistic compared with the free and almost chaotic methods in use let it be said that the stage thus far outlined is frankly disciplinary it is somewhat dry and unattractive just as the early musical training is fatiguing without inventive exercises the child should be encouraged at each step to exercise his fancy instead of cramping his outlook upon nature it widens his grasp of color and stores the memory with finer differences supplying more material by which to express his sense of coloristic beauty color harmony as now treated is a purely personal affair difficult to refer to any clear principles or definite laws the very terms by which it seeks expression are borrowed from music and suggest vague analogies that fail when put to the test color needs a new set of expressive terms appropriate to its qualities 
before we can make an analysis as to the harmony or discord of our color sensations. This need is supplied in the present system by measured charts and a notation. Their very construction preserves the balance of colors, as will be shown in the next chapter, while the chapter on harmony, chapter 7, shows how harmonious parts and triads of color may be found by masks with measured intervals. In fact, practice in the use of the charts supplies the imagination with scales and sequences of color quite as definite and quite as easily written as those sound intervals by which the musician conveys to others his sense of harmony. And, although in neither art can training alone make the artist, yet a technical grasp of these formal scales gives acquaintance with the full range of the instrument, and is indispensable to artistic expression. From these color scales, each individual is free to choose combinations in accord with his feeling for color harmony. Let us make an outline of the course of color study traced in the preceding pages. Perception of color. Hue difference. Middle hues, five principles. Middle hues, five intermediates. Middle hues, ten placed in sequence as scale of hue. Value difference. Light, middle and dark values, without change of hue. Light, middle and dark values, traced with five principal hues. Ten values traced with each hue. Scale of value. The color sphere. Chroma difference. Strong, middle and weak chroma, without change of hue. Strong, middle and weak chroma, traced with three values without change of hue. Strong, middle and weak chroma, traced with three values and ten hues. Maxima of color and their gradation to white, black and gray the color tree expression of color matching and imitation of hues using stuffs crayons and paints matching and imitation of values and hues using stuffs crayons and paints matching and imitation of chromas values and hues using stuffs crayons and paints Notation of color. Hue, value over chroma. H, V over C. Initial for hue, numeral above for value, numeral below for chroma. Sequences of color. Two scales united as hue and value or chroma and value. Three scales united, each step a change of hue, value and chroma. Balance of color. Opposites of equal value and chroma. R 5 over 5 and BG 5 over 5. Opposites of equal value and unequal chroma. R 5 over 9 and BG 5 over 3. Opposites unequal both in value and chroma. R 7 over 3 and BG 3 over 7. Area as an element of balance. Harmony of color. Selection of colors that give pleasure. Study of butterfly wings and flowers recorded by the notation. 
study of painted ornaments rugs and mosaics recorded by the notation personal choice of color pairs balanced by h v c and area personal choice of color triads balanced by h v c and area grouping of colors to suit some practical use wallpapers rugs book covers etc their analysis by the written notation search for principles of harmony expressed in measured terms a definite plan of color study with freedom as to details of presentation having memorized these broad divisions of the study a clever teacher will introduce many a detail to meet the mood of the class or correlate this subject with other studies without for a moment losing the thread of thought or befogging the presentation but to range at random in the immense field of color sensations without plan or definite aim in view only courts fatigue of the retina and a chaotic state of mind the same broad principles which govern the presentation of other ideas apply with equal force in this study a little well apprehended is better than a mass of undigested facts if the child is led to discover or at least to think he is discovering new things about color the mind will be kept alert and seek out novel illustrations at every step now and then a pupil will be found who leads both teacher and class by intuitive appreciation of color and it is a subtle question how far such a nature can be helped or hurt by formal exercises but such an exception is rare and goes to prove that systematic discipline of the color sense is necessary for most children outdoor nature and indoor surroundings offer endless color illustrations birds flowers minerals and the objects in daily use take on a new interest when their varied colors are brought into a conscious relation and clearly named a tri-dimensional perception like this sense of color requires skillful training and each lesson must be simplified to the last point practicable it must not be too long and should lead to some definite result which a child can grasp and express with tolerable accuracy while its difficulties should be approached by easy stages so as to avoid failure or discouragement the success of the present effort is the best incentive to further achievement end of section three